0: Well, B.C.'s seniors advocate, Isabel McKenzie, has released results. This was the second province-wide survey of thousands of long-term care residents as well as their family members. And this was to look at things such as number of care hours, whether or not residents were happy with the overall quality of the care they were receiving. Also, things like did staff members take the time to have conversations with them? Did they treat them? like a whole person? Did they make them feel welcome? Did they do things? Did the care home provide enjoyable things to do on evenings and weekends? And the one of the findings from this, from Isabel McKenzie, uh, she says, while this report has not provided us with evidence of the improvements we had hoped to see, is it is important to recognize long-term care is working well for some people, and the goal here is to raise the quality of life for all residents. Well, joining me on the line to talk a little bit more about this is Dan Levitt, who is the CEO of Kin Village, which is a long-term care facility in Tawasin. Dan, great to have you back on the show.
1: Hi, Joel, Great to be here.
0: The survey had some, I thought, really interesting results. And in some areas, it seemed residents were happy, saying they trust the staff to take good care of them. They felt they could express their opinions all or most of the time. Uh, there were some areas where, like the seniors' advocate said, didn't see as much improvement as she had wanted. But what is your take on the results in this survey?
1: Well, my, my take, first of all, is that it's very good to shine it um, a spotlight on long-term care. And when, when Isabel McKenzie and the Seniors Advocate Office first did this review uh, five years ago, uh, there was some, some concern. Um, anytime that you know, the results of a public, if you will, customer service survey are, are released and everyone can see how individual sites are doing, there is some concern. But I think it's important for consumers and for the public to understand um, what is life like in long-term care and how important it is to invest um, government funds and to trust the system that it's working. When I look at the results this time, they are fairly similar to the results um, back in 2017 when the when the survey was first done. And so currently, um, the overall quality in the, in the the last report, overall quality of care and services received in home is, is excellent or very good. That was 54 um, percent in 2017. It was 50 percent. So it's almost the same when you start comparing um, from year to year. Same thing with that the residents feel their care is, is sometimes rarely or feels like home um, is also approximately the same as it was in 2017. So most of the indicators that I'm looking at are b- very similar, which tells us something that we haven't seen as a kind of transformation that Isabel McKenzie's office has hoped to see and something we still are endeavoring to make happen.
0: One of the recommendations she talked about as well uh, has to do with care hours. And she was uh, one of her quotes as well said that while BC was at one time a leader in the amount of direct care hours residents received with, with about 3.36 hours of care per person today. Uh, she was saying that with changes that that uh, not, not that BC isn't still a leader, but that the national standards now recommend 4.1 care hours a day as the minimum. And that there there is this recommendation for more care hours. How how f- possible do you think that is?
1: Well, I think it's very possible. I mean, the national standards are are 4.1. I know that the Ontario government has made a deliberate promise to move their hours up to 4.0. And um, I'm doing a survey for a creation candidate right now in Ontario. And uh, that is the goal, and is to move up uh, to that, uh, that standard. And we want to see the same thing in British Columbia. So the 3.36 hours that we're seeing Right now, we've got to see that increase to 4.1. So how do we do that? In particular, when you look at the survey, this gives us some, some direction of the kind of staff we need to, um, to hire. And, of course, we want to hire more staff to do the direct care because we are seeing the care levels getting uh, more complex. Um, this is not the same um, population that was moving in even five years ago. It certainly is much different than when these places were built um, decades ago. So we want to see more of those staff members that are doing more of the rehabilitation piece, more physiotherapists, occupational therapists, more social work because of the emotional side of this. And we certainly wanted to see things like more music therapy and recreation. That was one of the things in this report that stands out is that that loneliness and having something to do um, and having meaningful time in their day. So we definitely want to see the hours be targeted um, specifically to those areas.
0: And are the barriers money and and staffing as far as finding people to fill those positions and paying them?
1: Well, I think, yeah, ultimately it is funding. It is how do we prioritize uh, long-term care and prioritize seniors. Um, when you think about, just for example, um, geriatricians in some countries you would see, like Sweden, you see geriatricians being fundamental to the provision of healthcare services for seniors. Um, in Canada, for every Uh, geriatrician there's more than 10 pediatricians and so we have more seniors today than we do children so we we have to make sure that we're you know looking at our own values and um, thinking about ages and thinking about how do we um, allocate enough of the government purse to where it's needed most in terms of seniors Um, so yeah we do need to increase funding and I think if we increase funding especially for things like uh, the number of spaces available uh, for, for um, programs that supporting the staff who go into long-term care to work, so nursing programs, um, your care aides um, that are there, and, and other professionals that are working. And we, we have to also look at internationally trained um, health care workers and, and help, help them um, where possible um, who are already um, moving to Canada help them um, perhaps consider working in long-term care. And we've got to tell, tell the, those success stories because we want to make sure people have a desire to work in this field.
0: Uh, there was also the recommendation uh, dealing with food, and that that improve the food and mealtime experience to meet residents' preferences. I know that can be difficult because we're oftentimes dealing with residents that have specific dietary needs and and some pretty some pretty big restrictions. But do you think that there is a way to improve that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we all. Um, you know, some of us, um, be, um, before we even uh, you know, start our day, we're thinking about the meals we're going to have during the day and if we're making our lunch or making our breakfast, we're all thinking of that. It's food so important to all of us. And if you think about all those pleasures and, and reasons to enjoy life, um, when you live in, in long-term care, many of those freedoms that we all take for granted, um, they don't have. But the one thing they have until the very end is the enjoyment of food. And, yes, they may have some, some challenges um, with eating etc but we want to make that whole experience as enjoyable as possible so the way that the dining rooms are if you think of kind of a classic um, nursing home you might think of kind of that institutional atmosphere um, we're, we're transforming those those dining spaces to make them feel just like your own dining room and having that that meal experience that feels like home and as much as possible and what's on your plate matters so much especially for people who have dysphagia who can't swallow which often accompanies dementia. So one of the things that we're doing at Kin Village, we the first in Canada, but I know this will sweep across the whole, the whole field in Canada. We're already seeing it in some places like the States, is when we, instead of puring the food um, and making it look like baby food, if you will, because they can't swallow, what we do is we reform the food to shape and make it look like the actual food it is. So having what's on your plate is important and having the atmosphere that's desirable. And uh, I think that's one of the things we can, we can for sure do. We don't we're no longer uh, making a toast in, in the, uh, the central kitchen. And by the time it gets to the, the residence room, it's soggy. We want to make sure that toast is made table side and is made to order. So whatever kind of topping you want, if it's avocado toast or if it's peanut butter, it's there for you. So food, for sure, is so important. And uh, we will make it glorious again in long-term care.
0: All right, Dan, thank you so much, as always, for coming on the show and talking more about this. Appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Anytime. Thanks, Jill.